Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. I'm, you can be seated today. I want to just turn your attention for just a moment into the book of 2 Samuel. And I want to preach just a, and leave you with a thought here today before we dismiss the book of 2 Samuel chapter 1, when we open this book, begin to read. One of the things we find here is that Saul, the king of Israel, and his son Jonathan are killed in battle. While we would think David may perhaps rejoice because Saul was certainly an enemy, while we may think that David could now say, finally, my time and my turn. I'll be king without threat. I'll be king without anyone chasing me for my life. David had a completely different feeling and approach about the loss of Saul and certainly about the loss of Jonathan because he and Jonathan were just such great friends but David said in 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 17, he said, The beauty of Israel is slain upon high places. How are the mighty fallen? So David refers to Saul as the beauty of Israel. And he referred to him as a mighty man. And I believe both of those descriptions were accurate. In verse 17, how are the mighty fallen? Again, in verse 25, he says, how are the mighty fallen? Again, in verse 27, he says the same phrase, how the mighty are fallen. However, it's in verse 21 that I would like for us to just look at for a moment today. In verse 21, the Bible says, Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. David is a mourning, lamenting, Grieving over the fact that Saul has now died on the battlefield. As a matter of fact, David had put to death the man that ultimately and finally took the life of, David, took the life of Saul. And so he said, he said here to the mountains of Gilboa, I'm just going to curse you in other words. Let there be no dew and let there be no rain upon you. Don't let your fields have any offerings or don't let your fields bring forth any yield. He said, because there, it's there 
that the shield of the mighty has been vilely cast away. He said it's the shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil. This verse ends somewhat curiously as as he says, as though he had not been or as though it had not been anointed with oil. Isaiah, in his writings in chapter 21 and verse number five, Isaiah said, prepare the table and watch in the watchtower. Eat, drink, arise ye princes. And then he says, and anoint the shield. David is talking about Saul's shield that has been vilely cast away. And because he said it's, Vilely cast away. We're going to curse that place where it lies. But it's as though it had never been or it's as though it was not anointed. I think the message is clear. What David is trying to say here and perhaps what Isaiah is referring to is that we should never attempt to go into battle without making sure there is an anointing of the Lord with us. I would just tell you that The human tendency sometimes is just to take it upon ourselves to try to do what we might have the capacity to learn to do, at least the mechanical aspects of it. Musicians can learn to play a musical instrument. Singers can learn how to sing in harmony, on note, and in time, and on cue. I would submit to you that teachers can learn how to teach and preachers can learn how to preach. We can learn how to go through the motions. Administrators can learn how to administrate. But what's different about the church is that we need to understand the value of anointing, anointed singing, anointed music, anointed teaching, anointed preaching, anointed leadership, anointed administration. We need the anointing of the Lord. I don't ever want to attempt anything without the anointing of the Lord. It has just been a personal habit for, for me, for decades, it doesn't matter how much I have prepared or how much I have prayed. If I'm sitting on a platform, even this platform, most certainly this platform, but no matter where, and they are turning the service over to me, I realize that I am the person that has to get up and speak next. I, I don't ever want to come to the desk without reminding the Lord, hey, I need you to walk up there with me. I need you to stand up there. I don't want you to walk me there and leave me. I need you to walk with me. I need your anointing. I need your, I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna study. I'm gonna give myself as much as I possibly can to the text at hand, to the subject at hand. But I'm not here to to just lean on my intellect. I'm not here to lean on what thus saith me. I need the anointing of the Lord. Israel begins to send up, if we could kind of go back here just a moment, Israel began to cry and plead before the Lord. They wanted a king, they said, like other nations. And so God gave them what they asked for, even though that was not his will for Israel to be ruled in such a manner. But he said, if this is what you want, well, then I'll just give you what you want. I'll just say this as, a, as an aside here, you need to be careful what you ask the Lord for because he might just give it to you. Amen. And so God supplied them with one. It was Saul. Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin and was anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. And if you read about the anointing of Saul, and I'm I'm talking about this and that moment of anointing, not just where the anointing came on him, but when Samuel went to him and anointed him to be the king, 
It was an inc- it is an incredible story. And if you want to read something interesting, you look that up and read it today about how Samuel said, here are some things that's gonna happen to you and they're gonna happen to you in quick succession and all of these things are gonna happen to you to verify, to validate the anointing or the call that is now upon your life. And so the Bible says that, that Samuel anointed him and he turned and walked from Samuel and became a different man. There was something that transpired in his life instantly and all of the things that Samuel said was going to happen happened to him exactly in the order of which they he said they were going to happen. And so it was a moment of humility and that's how Saul began. He started out as a very humble leader. I mean, he felt that he was unworthy to serve in such a capacity. But after that, soon after that, Saul began to not understand or value the anointing of the Lord and the hand of God upon him, and he began a downward spiral. And so we would ask ourselves, then how in the world did a man that started out so strong and so powerfully and so obviously anointed of the Lord, how did he wind up a statistic? I believe we could say, for one thing, that his life began to be marked by disobedience. He saved Agag, the king when he had been commanded to destroy Agag and all of their people. He, his life was marked with rebellion because whenever he got to a place of sacrifice and Samuel wasn't there, when he thought Samuel should have been there, you gotta remember that, that Saul was the king, not the priest. Amen, he wasn't anointed of the Lord to give sacrifice, but he said, well, I'll just do it. I'll just take it upon myself to do that, which was a very rebellious thing. He was marked by his hatred and jealousy of David. And, and uh, we can read in the life, in the, in the leadership of Saul that he murdered a company of priests. And, and, and his life just began to slide further and further and further away until he became uh, caught in apostasy where he was going to the witch of Endor to try to get spiritual direction. Amen. And then also, perhaps because he has forgotten to anoint his shield. I talked about a shield this morning in our first service. And can I tell you that it's not enough to have a shield. We gotta make sure that it is anointed of the Lord. Because of these things, all of these things in his life, a storm was starting together on the horizon. Because of Israel's spiritual decay, the Philistines were looking across their border to take advantage of them. And again, that was a part of our first service this morning. And so now we find this toward the end. We come to the end, Second Samuel. Samuel's final hours were spent in misery because God had cut him off and because the man of God, Samuel, was now dead. And in his longing to talk to God, in his yearning to hear a spiritual voice again, amen, the Bible says that he consulted a witch of Endor in hopes that she could bring back the old prophet so that he could just hear his voice one more time. My goodness, amen. I'm gonna tell you, it sounds a lot like Herod in the New Testament, doesn't it? how he just wanted to hear the voice of John the Baptist one more time. But you see, it's too late. It's too late, Herod, because you had him beheaded. You took off the head. I'm gonna tell you this morning, I don't wanna wait until it's too late to hear the voice of God. 
Amen. I don't say this because I am a preacher, but I'll tell you this morning, I don't wait and I don't want to wait till it's too late to hear the voice of the man of God. I want to say, Lord, let somebody come to the pulpit anointed of you, anointed of you with your power, without fear, without favor, and preach. Thus saith the word of God. Amen. And so here's Saul seeking counsel from such a voice, and that sheds quite a light on the spiritual condition. Because when men lose faith in God, they start looking for a substitute voice somewhere. The spiritual direction of Saul's life had now caused him to seek the very thing that he could not have. Because you see, when we abuse mercy and when we just kind of slight the privileges of God as though it's no big thing, in time, God can just withdraw himself from us. No lonelier place for a man or a woman to be than to someone who once knew the Lord but now can't feel him. I don't ever want to be in that place. I don't ever want to be in that place. The thing that you desire the most is the thing that's the most unavailable. I think it's extremely important that, that we protect the voice of God that speaks to every individual and don't despise a voice of reason in your life, but to learn to value that and how to treat it. And so when Samuel had been alive, his counsel his counsel was just somewhat treated contemptuously by Saul. Well, he could kind of take it or leave it. He could obey or not obey. He could just he, he could walk in line or he could walk out of line. It just doesn't really matter. But when Samuel was gone, Saul proved that he would do anything if I could just hear that voice again. A large Philistine invasion was gathering and, and the forces of, of Saul's men were, were, were cowering in fear because their doom was imminent. During Saul's reign, he had fought no less than 12 wars. He fought one battle with the Ammonites. He, bought, he, bought, he fought seven different battles with the Philistines, one with the Edomites, the Moabites, the Syrians, and the Amalekites. And so what was it that made this last battle so crucial? What was it that made this last battle so crucial? 11 times earlier, he's gone to battle, and he has returned victorious not without some loss, but he returned victorious. But this time it was different because all hope had been lost. And when a man or a woman loses hope, that is a bad thing, a very bad thing. The very thing that pulled the life left from Saul is given to us, and that clue is in that 21st verse that I read. The Bible says that his shield had not been anointed with oil. No Soldier in their right mind would ever treat their weapon with disrespect because this may be the only thing that brings me out of the battle. A real soldier is going to give extreme attention to the details, to the weapon that's going to sustain him in the fight. And that's exactly what Saul failed to do. In the most critical hour leading up to the battle, the failure had occurred long before the battle ever began. It was all because of a neglected shield. I will, I will conclude my remarks with this. History bears out that a shield, especially in biblical days, a shield was of extreme importance. A shield is going to guard you against spears and arrows and swords and we all have enough imagination to understand the value of a shield but we have to understand the construction of a shield to appreciate what verse 21 is talking about. Because a shield in these days were just 
little more than layers of stretched leather, layer after layer stretched over a frame or a rim of wood. And so it was necessary to rub these oils on these leather to make sure that it was flexible and pliable. It would prevent it from getting hard and cracked. Amen. If the shield became dry and crumbly, you've probably seen dried leather, hard, crumbly, and brittle. That's not going to stop anything. It's just going to shatter when something hits it. And so the soldier understood every day, amen, with some regularity, I'm going to have to anoint this shield. I'm going to have to oil it. I'm going to make sure that when the battle comes that I'm ready. Amen. I don't want it to lose its strength. I don't want it to lose its ability to to take the blow that was destined for me. I don't want it to take a sword that was destined for me or an arrow that was destined for me. And so I want to make sure that I anoint that shield. I've got to keep it anointed. And so what are you doing when you kneel daily in prayer? Well, we're just, we're just putting some oil on the shield. What are you doing when you're sitting there at night with your Bible in your hand? and you're reading the word of God, you're not wasting time. What you're doing is you're putting another layer of oil on that leather. You're making sure it don't get dry and crumbly because I don't want to die in the battlefield. There has to be a fresh anointing every time we go into battle. So I ask you, Lord, in the words of David, order my steps in your word. I don't know what I'll face today. Order my steps in your word. I don't know what the the next phone call will tell me. I don't know what news will be on the other end. Oh, I need you to anoint me. I need you to anoint me. I need you to anoint me. You see, it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be lengthy to be anointed. It doesn't have to be lengthy to be impacting. Amen. It just needs to be anointed. Some of you in this house have been called on to pray for someone. Maybe in their home. Maybe in a hospital room. Maybe you didn't have time to write out a big long flowing prayer. That wasn't what was important right then. What was important was getting a hold of God, touching the Lord, touching the Lord. Let me be anointed of you. Let me be anointed of you. I'm going to ask you to stand. We don't ever know when or where we're going to be called on. We don't know when someone may need us. There may be a distress. We don't know when or where that may be. So that's why I got to make sure that I'm anointed every day, every day, every day. You know, I used to be somewhat popular ad for leather products. I don't know if you remember that. I may be dating myself here. I don't know. But you see a seat in an automobile is all dried and cracked. And you see them in just a matter of moments rub something Magic on it. The next news you know through the magic of cameras. <laughs> Just like it was the day it rolled out of the factory. And not, not being cynical, but if you've got half a brain that's even just remotely working, 
You're sitting here thinking there's no way. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. And so you can't wait, wake up one day and wait till the last minute and think we're just going to be able to pull out some magic formula, rub all this back into real life. No, the thing to do is don't ever let it get dried out to begin with. Just to make sure, just to make sure. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just love the Lord? Can we do that? Lord, I love you today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.